What's up, everyone? It's JJ Zacharies and the late round quarterback, one half of the Living the Stream monster. I'm actually here today with an exclusive interview. I'm here with Marvin Jones. Now, Marvin, you're the number one fantasy football wide receiver out there right now. How does it feel? Now, a lot of people thought that you weren't going to be able to fill the shoes of the great Calvin Johnson. How have you been able to overcome that? There you have it, guys. That is Marvin Jones. Enjoy the week four episode. Fantasy football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season. It's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Live in the stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, my man? I look, I just need to get something straight before we start the show here. We couldn't land an, an interview with Niles Paul or Justin Perillo or Alex Smith or Dennis Pitta, but we can get Marvin Jones. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you, man. I mean, look, the, the interview, I was super nervous for it. I'm interviewing the number one fantasy football wide receiver in both standard and PPR leagues. I was nervous. It was, an, it was a nerve-wracking thing, but I think that the interview turned out right. I think you did a fantastic job with the interview, despite your nerves. And I really, I took a lot away from what Marvin had to say in your little chat, you know, talking about this and that, talking about the post Calvin Johnson Lions offense. I mean, that was really insightful stuff. And and also, I appreciate you going to the local uh, petting zoo, petting farm, you know, <laughs> to talk to uh, that goat. So he is Marvin. Look, Marvin Jones is the goat. If you guys have been on Twitter and you've seen me on Twitter, you know that all I've been talking about the last couple of days is Marvin Jones being the goat. And look, I'm look, Denny. I'm just trying to have fun. That's all it is. I'm just trying to have fun. There's a big difference between. I think, and maybe I'm biased because I don't hate you, but <laughs> but it, it, there's a big difference between what you were doing and then like like a an unapologetic victory lap in week one about right, right. Keaton Allen blowing out his knee, you know? Right. I mean, like the way that I see it, and look, I know that it's obnoxious. Like it's probably obnoxious to some people. I, I number one, I just think it's like a it's like a fun thing for me you and our listeners and my readers and all that kind of stuff like it's just a fun thing and it's honestly hilarious to me that the guy that I touted more than anyone in in a really long time uh ended up being or is now the number one wide receiver in fantasy after three weeks and it's not as though I'm trying to like do a victory lap with this. I'm really not. I'm trying to literally just have fun with the fact that this is happening right now. I, I, you know what? I would guess that you would concede right now that Marvin Jones will not finish the season as fantasy's number one. Of course receiver. not. Of course not. I think that I think that we're looking at a season that he could be a top ten guy. Yeah, which is amazing and yeah. awesome. But oh. look, I mean, I'm like, like I tweeted out the other day in like last week. I'm like, like I told you guys to fade Matt Forte and Kelvin Benjamin, and I look like an idiot. So, like, don't think that me taking a victory lap or, or appearing to take a victory rap, lap, that that's what this is. This is merely about having fun with a game because this is a game and it's supposed to be – we should enjoy it. I hate – there's nothing I hate more than people who get mad at people for having fun about fantasy football. Yeah, no, that's – that is – I would say that's hashtag problematic myself. Sure. Uh, you know, but uh, about about Marvin Jones going going ballistic – and on the same day, Kel- Kelvin Benjamin retired. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like it was the perfect week three because not only that, Denny, redemption. We got redemption despite despite the Tana tilt. The the Tana tilt was real. It was very very real. And there there was there was again in week three there was uh, fire because there was lightning going on in the in the, Tampa, in the Tampa Bay game. I don't know what the heck is going on with week three, but. There was a higher power that did not yeah. want us or wanted something bad to happen. It was as if like it was as if like God just hates us. It, like don't stream a Rams quarterback in week three is is what was going on, or else there will be fire. Or, or maybe the message was don't ever stream a Rams quarterback as long as Jeff Fisher is the coach. That's right. That might that's be. right. Hey, that hey, might... they're two and one, Denny. Uh, 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, they are they're definitely going to win that division and win two playoff games, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> that's that's going to happen. By the way, uh, the Tana tilt was real. He played terribly, and he still scored twenty what twenty fantasy points. Uh, eighteen point nine six with minus two interceptions, minus one interceptions. He would have been even better. Okay, and and so he played terribly and still managed over three hundred yards and three touchdowns. I declare victory. But he played like garbage, and I was tilting off my seat for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was, it was the, the, the first throw was an interception. And from there, it was just kind of a, you know, we saw the Devontae Parker touchdown, and we're like, okay, this is going to be fine. And then, he, and then he kept turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't stopping. I, I was actually, I was feeding a bottle to, uh, to my baby daughter, Eleanor, as he threw that first interception, and I just... I was actually just like, please don't squeeze the baby. Don't squeeze the baby. <laughs> don't. Because, <laughs> I mean, my blood pressure went through the roof. I was like, this. so this is going to happen. He's going to come out here and throw, you know, six picks a la uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know what, like, like the, the good thing is, is that we framed it in a way where if he did crap the bed, that we were we were okay because then we knew that we didn't we could we could have our DGAF episode week three next year. I dude, I, I don't care how we framed it. I, I was I was in a bad place for, for a few minutes there and then he threw that touchdown to Landry and I was like, Oh God, please thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that was that was definitely key. And then it went into overtime and he got a little or he got he got some more points from 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 OT. I mean overall it was it was good. We 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 got our redemption. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones is the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Calvin Benjamin didn't catch a pass. All is all is well. All as well. I'm good with it. You know. You know what though? Uh, someone uh, brought this to my attention, and I, I want to talk to you about it real quick before we get into the picks for Week Four. I, I don't watch network television. Uh, I only watch uh, Sporps uh, on Sundays, and it's only the Red Zone channel. Obviously, Red Zone doesn't have uh, commercials, right. so I don't see commercials for the most part. Right. Well, someone brought this to my attention in on Twitter the other day that there's a Subway commercial, which I now have seen, in which there are parents who name their babies after the special of the day. Do you know that about this? No, I don't know about this. So they, they, I try to block out anything Subway. Yeah, well, yeah, me too. But this, this was so deeply disturbing to me that they have this commercial where uh, they're naming their kids after the sandwiches with like a little twist on the name. Uh, it, but, according like, what are to the names, then I, I, you know, I'm, I'm so I forgot the one. It was something about it was like mm, the tuna, the tuna sub. It was, it was something that started with a T. Anyway, the the parents in this have this glean in their eye that make them look like psychopaths. Well, of course, yeah, that's the most. I mean, people who eat at Subway are psychopaths. But then naming your child, <laughs> and and it made it made me think that this is not cool. This is not funny. This is deeply disturbing to me if you knew somebody in your neighborhood who's naming their kids after subway uh meals of the day or sandwiches of the day you would have to assume that they that they're murderers right that they right. you would not let their your kids play with them right right, right. You, you, yeah you would be deeply i would be deeply afraid i it would be uh it would be alarming i wouldn't invite them to party I, I this this commercial is stuck in my head. So thank you, Subway, for you know inserting that commercial into my brain because I can't stop thinking about how crazy these parents must be for doing this. And obviously, they're just murdering people and piling up bodies in their basement. That's I I cannot believe that that's a thing. I just want to know what like the names are. Like that's that's the thing that's like what are they like are they naming it like 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 is the kid's name like Italian Smith? No, it's oh, man. You know what? If I were prepared, I would have come with like all the names, <laughs> and I'm not prepared. The only thing I'm I'm prepared to do is to never eat at Subway again because that right. commercial is so disturbing. Like what? That's like so. It's like so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> like like. By the way, everyone who listens to Living the Stream, your 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 next child that you birth, his name is going to be Foles, or or or, or just LTS, or, or yeah yeah LTS, or just or or hashtag brand. <laughs> hashtag. Brand and then your last name. Ha- hashtag. Did you eat an extra cookie? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Everything's, everything in life is just in that whatever whatever your son your daughter or son does it's just it's just a it's actually just a hashtag right. <laughs> hashtag i'm proud of you that's that's phenomenal i wonder if that people there's got to be someone who's named their kid hashtag i yeah well i think there are like a hundred people named espn in america Wait, what named espen yeah wow mm-hmm. wow all right, Denny, let's go over the uh, the week three picks like we already talked about. Ryan Tannehill, 18.96 fantasy points. I believe he was top 10-ish. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, in, a, in a week that was that was pretty wacky uh, at the position. Uh, you had like Trevor Simeon doing things. I, I, I did not hate that, though, because I have Simeon and, and uh, SFB and the Scott Fishbowl. That's clutch. Nice. Wow. Yeah, and I I'd, I'd, I'd Fitzpatrick, too, but there's no negative scoring for interceptions. Uh, Tannehill was uh, seventh. Yeah. Okay. So great week for Tannehill. Uh, I also tweeted like our top pick. Look, last year we already went over this. Like we don't, we don't like we we no longer like to just say like this is our confidence pick. This is our Frankenstein pick because no matter what we do, we get people responding saying, "Oh, well, those guys weren't on my waiver wire," or it just just there's there's going to be something. But I did tweet out that the our our top picks, if you will, if you go Alex Smith, Flacco, Tannehill guys that we enjoyed the most in that given week. Uh, so far, we're, we are uh, less than a point from Cam Newton at QB5. Mm-hmm. So solid solid start, considering we don't have that much information early on in the season. Um, we also talked about Joe Flacco. He did not have a great game against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. That offense is frightening. We'll, get more, more, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about him in a bit, but he had uh, about 12 fantasy points. Um at tight end, Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta had six for 42 in the first half, and then he didn't do anything else. So he ended up with 10.2 PPR points. CJ Uzoma, Uzoma had 5.1 points. Tyler Croft actually ended up playing more snaps than him this week. Yeah. Uh, and then Jared the Goat Cook ended up getting hurt, and he had Ugh. two and a half PPR points. Richard Rodgers did score a touchdown in that game, but it came actually before Cook got hurt. So I don't want us to pretend that. Well, no, no. I, I believe, I remember it this way Cook was crossing the middle. <laughs> Listen, no, no, listen, listen. He crossed in the middle. He dropped a pass. He hurt his ankle. He limped to the sidelines. And the very next play, Richard Rodgers caught a right. touchdown. Right, right. And it's actually now. Now that you're bringing that up, I do remember it, that. That's devastating. That's dev- What is? What have I done? What have I done <laughs> in my life or my Look, or former life to for for God to treat me this way? Well, you you have Dennis Pitta back. <laughs> I mean, and Kobe Fleener was a thing this week. Was he ever? Yeah, I know. It's 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 great. Except yeah. I benched him for Pitta in two of my three leagues oh. and I have Fleener. I did I I did look, I don't I don't want to just talk about my leagues. It's stupid, it's it's dumb. But I did win by point oh eight because I had Fleener and he caught that pass at the end. I won a league in in a league by point oh eight because of that last pass. That's disgusting. I, I'm mad I, you know what, I'm mad for the person you beat. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of, that's that's that would be pretty tilting. Yeah, I mean, because Fleener was what like a twenty-one or something. Like he, him and Zach Miller. By by the way, you beat me again, Denny. You freaking beat me again, and I benched Zach Miller for Charles Clay, who didn't catch a damn pass. Oh my god! If if I would have known that you had Zach Miller while he was doing all that stuff on Sunday <laughs> night, I would have been I would have been, been like like levitating right. <laughs> right. I don't even know if that's positive or negative. I just I didn't know. I didn't know until you told me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, so many things. Dude, my Apex team is just on. It's just Doug Martin, Dante Moncrief, now Muhammad Sanu's hurt. Like it's just it's it's devastating. Well, it's I, not good. I have Christine Michael, so he's gonna he's gonna lead me to the promised land in that yeah, league. Hopefully, hopefully you can win it this year and and take it home. Yeah. Um, and then the the defenses we had the Dolphins who. Ended up uh, with seven. Uh, they had a lot of sacks against the the Browns, if I recall correctly. Yeah. The bu- the Buccaneers were awful, but they got a pick six, which was which salvaged their day. They had ten, and the Cowboys ended up with five. So the Cowboys were like defense twenty one or something. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were a top ten one or top twelve one, and the Dolphins were somewhere in the middle. So streaming defense wise, it was fine. I mean, it's like it, it's you know what what you kind of expect when you're streaming defense is you're just kind of getting by without investing in the position. I mean, Dallas uh Dallas's defense must actually be horrible for Brian Hoyer to drop back what was it 50 times? Right. And they they couldn't and they couldn't take advantage of that. How many times did he drop? He dropped at 51 times and he threw no interceptions. That's unreal. Yeah. And we'll get to that a little bit more as well with yes. the Brian Hoyer thing. 
Um, all right, but that's week three. Redemption, it happened. We're good. We can do week three's episode next year. And Marvin Jones is the GOAT. Let's move on to week four, Denny. Who you got <laughs> yes. at defense? Uh, defense, you know, we talked before the show. The only defense that jumps out off the waiver wire this week for week four is Washington's defense. Uh, you know, there, there's not – last week, you know, we had three really viable uh, defenses – all together and you had a different preference and I had a different preference. Turns out you were right. So I hope the people uh, listen to your preferences there, but, um, but watch just beat me twice this year, Denny. <laughs> I don't hate it. I have to say, I don't, cause you have dominated me in previous years. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Washington's defense, uh, they get the Browns at home. Uh, they're favored by nine. This is all very good. This is what we look for. Uh, the Browns have uh, given up at least three sacks in every game so far this year. They gave up four officially to Miami last week. Although it feels like a lot more, doesn't it? I thought. Yeah, I think that they had like five more hits. Like it, it was, yeah. it was just like it was devastating. And, yeah. So Washington's sack percentage is six point three percent right now, which is twelfth in the league. It's not not great, not horrible. Uh, but Miami had the, almost the exact same percentage going into last week, uh, if I recall. Uh, so we're talking about you know a similar team as far as pressure on the quarterback. Uh, uh, Cody Kessler is he's supposed to start again? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So we have uh, we have a guy who threw 33 passes last week uh, and completed 21 for with an A dot of eight. So uh, you know I I really I think this screams high floor at least. Uh, and there's almost no scenario in which Washington doesn't grab a lead and force the Browns into a one-dimensional offense, which is what we're looking for here. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the the one thing with Washington uh, that I don't like as much as I would like with a defense like Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay looked horrible. So, you know, this is just a, merely an example. Uh, but Washington struggles against the run. So my only fear is really that. But but again, this is this is a high floor thing, too is that they're not going to be able to score a lot of points necessarily unless they do pass. Um, and if they try to pass, and they obviously have a, a talented enough secondary. But Washington can't stop the run, so that, that's a little bit of, of the fear. Uh, but overall, like you said, Denny, it's just it's such a, a shit show at, at, at defense this week. It is. Uh, and I have to – despite – look, at, I'm a Terrell prior truther from way back, okay? And Sunday was incredible, okay? It was. I have to be honest. It was – that's like the highlight of my year – so something cra- really crazy would have to happen for that not to be the highlight of my Dude, year. It, right? it was am- it was amazing. It's a it's a am- and 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 look, I you I love Terrell Pryor too, not just because he's fun, but he's also from Pittsburgh. Oh, he is. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, he's uh he is he's very fun. Anyway, he I think he might throw a wrench in here. Uh, just his presence and the ability to use him to you know score some points. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it might be bad for Washington. By the way, I have to pick on you Steelers fans for a second. God. Because my Facebook feed, I'm friends with like five or six Steelers fans, and they're out there calling for Mike Tomlin's head. They want the coordinators fired. They want to restart. They want to trade away Roethlisberger and Le'Veon and just start again. You guys cannot deal with a loss. It's it's great. I mean, it's it's just privilege, man. Like it's it's, it's, it's crazy. Like. Like the Steelers, like as I've look, as I've done, I'm still a big Steeler fan. Uh, but like as I've done fantasy analysis, now this is my job, and I have to be super objective. I still, uh, you know, like it, it's it's hard. Like I'm still very very into them, but it's hard to like be so over the top passionate about your team when you're trying to be objective and you just appreciate the game a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so like when I'm watching these games and stuff, and I see some like friends on Facebook talking about uh, how the Steelers performed and yada yada yada. I mean, it's just out of control. Uh, there, there are some fan bases that certainly do that. Like if, if the, you know, this is no offense to anyone who's a Patriots fan, but if when New England loses, it's apocalyptic as well. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's just bad. But New England wins all the time. And so with the Steelers, though, this past week, I should say one thing that no one's really talking about. They lost four freaking starters throughout that game on mm-hmm. defense, uh, which is a big reason that they. That, and look, the defense isn't that good, but it's a big reason why Philly was literally able to do whatever they wanted against them. And you combine that with Philly's defense being superb. So Philly's defense, like Jim Schwartz is a genius. He's such a good defensive coordinator. Mm. 
Um, and, and them playing at home and uh, the Steelers offensive line played like garbage. I mean, it was just the Steelers do this every year. Like, like they have one or two of these like really weird games where they just don't show up every single year. And then you will find Yinzers on Facebook being pouty about it. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I mean, you guys get your ass kicked one time a year. Right, and, right. and it's like, we're done. Kill the franchise where it's over. I mean, just everyone relax. You guys are still good. Totally. You still have Hall of Fame quarterback. Everything's fine. I love I love Steeler Nation. I love Yenzers. I love people from Pittsburgh. But I can say completely objectively that it's so over the top a lot of times. It's just, it's, it's just they, they don't understand. They do not understand how good they have it. Our team just won the Stanley Cup. The Pirates have generally, uh, aside from this year, turned things around in baseball. And the Steelers are perennial contenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, every freaking year they're contenders. There were, so, there were so many Pittsburgh tears on my Facebook feed. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to quarterback. We're only doing. Oh no, sorry, I didn't I didn't talk about my defense. Yeah. yeah. Well, like like we said, Washington's the only defense that's really trustworthy that we feel feel good about. Uh, the other one though that you could look to is Detroit. Um, you know, they're I'm not super thrilled because they're on the road, but they are facing Brian Hoyer in Chicago. I looked up Brian Hoyer's ten starts last year uh, to see or ten games where he saw decent uh, volume to see. Uh, how defenses performed against him. And what I found was that defenses averaged 8.4 fantasy points per game against him in in standard scoring defenses. So the the numbers that I reference each week are are just based on standard scoring defenses that I get from fantasydata.com. That was a free plug for them. It was. Um, But so, so like the Dolphins had seven last week. So we're looking a little bit better than that on average against Hoyer. Um, Six of the, or sorry, four of those opponents saw double-digit performances, and each defense saw three or more points aside from one. So, I mean, I think that there's a pretty high floor in general. The scary part is that Detroit's defense is is depleted a bit. Uh, Ziggy Ansah was out last week. Um, that's that's a little frightening, just because the teams are going to be able to run the ball a little bit better against them. Uh, but overall, I still think that Detroit should be in a positive game script in this one, especially when they have the best wide receiver in the league on their team uh, in order to score score points. So I, I'm just assuming yeah. that Marvin yeah. Jones is going to score three times and, and just just uh, give them that positive script. No, but in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, Brian Hoyer, you know, the fact that he didn't do, he didn't turn the ball over against the Cowboys means that maybe regression is going to hit. Um, yeah. And an event, you know, maybe, maybe Detroit goes ham against them, but I think Detroit's fine. It's just that there's, there's really, really some, some awful, uh, picks this week and we're entering bye weeks too so it's going to be a little bit harder just because there's not as many teams playing each week yeah I, I don't look I don't believe in you know the total rehabilitation of Brian Hoyer we're still talking about a guy who half of his games last year he completed less than 55 percent of his passes which is abysmal mm-hmm. so I think we should keep the faith and if you can't get Washington which you probably can't get you know uh if you're in a, a pretty savvy league and you're and you're not first or second or third on the on the uh, waiver wire claim then get Detroit. I I I'm okay with Detroit. Yeah. I there there's some really interesting ones too. I'm I'm not going to you know tout these or anything but I think that like an interesting one <laughs> look we both don't like Andrew Luck and I because but, but at the same time he turns the ball over a lot. Yeah. They're in. They're on the road. They're playing a Jacksonville defense that that at home has played better so far this year. Like that. That's an, that's kind of an an interesting one. But that's how, just that is an example is how bad this week is for defenses. Is that that's even a, a possibility right now? I, you know, I think that that's a that's a home run swing where you're probably going to miss. But yeah, right. he, I mean, the Colts have given up thirty three fantasy points to defenses over the past two weeks. Right. Yeah, I mean they they their offensive line's horrible. Uh, I could see some sacks, and the fact that it's on the road is is really the reason that I'd be I'd be targeting Jacksonville if, in like a worst case scenario, just because I know that you guys people are gonna ask if they don't get one of these defenses. Yeah, and you're in your uh, start three defense league. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's move on to quarterback, Denny. Uh, before you get into this, one of the streamers, I think it's good for us to mention that if Kirk like. Right now, there's so many like 50, 60% owned guys. So there's a lot of guys that are on your waiver wire that we don't necessarily recommend just because they're not technically streamers. But Kirk Cousins against Cleveland's in a really good spot. 
Uh, I actually like Kirk Cousins to turn things around and, and from a fantasy standpoint. Sure. Uh, Dalton against Miami in a really good spot on Thursday night. And I think that you can look at Dak Prescott, and I know that you're a big Dak guy. Uh, he's owned in, in 60%, owned in 60% of ESPN.com league, or, or sorry, 40%. So he's out there on 60% of ESPN.com leagues. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously he's playing San Francisco. There's gonna be more plays run. He's seen 227 passing yards in each game so far this year. Quarterbacks against San Francisco this year have seen 35 attempts from Case Keenum, 40 attempts from Cam, 31 combined with Boykin and Wilson. Uh, and all three of those are run first teams. So they're seeing 30 plus attempts even from run first teams. Uh, they're, they're three point road favorites. I think Dak is fine. Uh, I, I, I would still probably, would you prefer, who would you prefer, Dak, Dalton, or Cousins? Like, who who would be your guy there? Uh, you know, Thursday night being what it is, and the Dolphins' secondary is, is horrendous. But I I would lean Cousins. Yeah, me too. And, and then Dalton, and then and then Dak, because you know, I mean, to, let's let's acknowledge it. Dak's uh, scored twice on the ground. Right, of course, and, and he's only he only threw one touch, one passing touchdown. So. Yeah, so this this seems like it might not be sustainable, but yeah, I agree, I agree, totally agree. That's how I would rank them as well. Um, all right, Denny, get to your first quarterback streamer. Yeah, uh, Joe Flacco once again, and I know this is you know off the heels of us of, of you and and me, obviously. Uh, acknowledging that his week three performance was pretty disturbing. Uh, considering that he dropped back 43 times and he threw for 214 yards and he ru- he went he ran in a touchdown so right you you, you take that away and I, I I hate you know I hate when that happens but I have to say it this time okay I hate when people are like look you take away all the good plays and the guy's not good um, uh, but you know you take away that rushing touchdown and he's like bottom of the barrel last week mm-hmm. um, uh, but he is—he has a an extremely f- favorable matchup, uh, which you know obviously is not going to be lost on um, on you know fantasy owners. So I I would really try to prioritize picking up Flacco if you uh, if you need a streamer this week. Oakland has given up 1,034 passing yards this season. That's crazy. Okay, eight eight hundred nineteen of those yards came in their first two games against New Orleans yeah, and Breeze and Yeah, eight nineteen in the first two games. So, uh, Oakland is allowing the most yards per completion through three games, which is fourteen point four yards per completion. Uh, and um, I looked at uh, Joe Flacco's splits uh, versus top half uh, pass defenses and bottom half past defenses since Mark Tressman uh, took over that Baltimore offense. And the splits are, are pretty dramatic. Um, uh, it's uh, 16.8 points uh, per game, fantasy points per game, against those top half pass defenses, and then 22.6 fantasy points per game against the bottom half defenses. So I would, and I, I'm sure you would agree, I would say that Oakland's secondary is well in well within the bottom half uh, secondary yeah, playing like garbage. I mean, they, they played fine last week, but it, Tennessee's offense is a joke. Yeah. It, it complete, and Delaney Walker wasn't active. Exactly. So by, by the way, I, that's a good, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but the Mariota thing, I didn't bring him up because we, t- I, t- I tried to tweet about the Mariota thing. Uh, cause we mentioned, I, I mentioned him briefly on the show last week, but with Delaney Walker out, I tweeted that Tannehill was the, the play over Mariota even, even though Mariota was owned in like half of leagues uh, because of that Delaney Walker thing. I saw some people tweeting. I mean, we had a few people in our mentions like angry about it, but just watch our Twitter feeds on Sundays because we generally will update you guys. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get the fascination with like deploying Mariota no matter what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like it was it was one of those things where we like, you know, I talked about Mariota, but Tannehill was kind of the go-to and then with the Delaney Walker out it just didn't make any sense to, right. to play him yeah so um uh so Oakland Oakland is very bad I lost my train of thought sorry sorry <laughs> yeah. I, that's because I interrupted you no no it's okay uh Flacco is also passing a lot he has on his first three games of the season 33 45 and 40 uh pass attempts so I I think that he's you know a fairly uh safe play this week um I I know I'm rolling with him in a couple leagues yeah, with Pit of the Goat. With Pit of the Goat, yeah. I mean, how he's just he's just like old reliable, right? He's just he's he's got to score eventually. 
Uh, yeah, but in PPR, I'm like I'm fine. Like yeah, I'm fine yeah, with him course. not scoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's still he's still giving you that floor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think Flacco is probably the you know it's it's to me it's close with this next guy. Um. Honestly, the next guy is Alex Smith, who we streamed in Week One, came through. Uh, if you recall, back in Week Fifteen, uh, a couple years ago, Alex Smith traveled to Pittsburgh, which is who he's playing this week, and he lost twenty to twelve. Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost twenty to twelve. He threw the ball forty-five times. He completed sixty-nine percent of his passes, nice. and he went for three hundred and eleven yards. Okay, but he didn't throw a touchdown. He only scored like thirteen fantasy points. But that's the third highest total of his one hundred and twenty-nine game career. That mm. that three hundred and eleven yards. I mentioned earlier the Steelers saw some injuries to to the defense. Shazier, Timmons, uh, Robert Golden, Mike Mitchell in the, in, in the secondary. Um, so who knows what the status of some of those guys will be entering this week? Um, but not only that, even even a healthy Steelers defense. I mean, they they give up a lot of passing yards, uh, especially just for for teams to, to kind of keep up with the offense. Especially considering this game is a forty seven and a half point over under. Kansas City's a five point five point underdog, so the team total isn't that drastic. But the Steelers do play better offense at home. I think that there's more uh, some some optimism there that this could turn into a relative shootout. You know, I say shootout, thinking Alex Smith is just going to get a lot of yak with his wide receivers. But mm-hmm. you know, I just I, I think that he could attempt a lot of passes, which is you know what I mean from that. Which you know against this secondary is not a bad thing. So that's really the reason that that I think Alex Smith is is a fine play this week. I, I'm I'm into this game. Uh, honestly, from a DFS standpoint, mm-hmm. I, I'm into some correlation stacks into Macklin and Antonio Brown, the Steelers number three receiver. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, really to I think that there will be a lot of yards and points uh, to be had here. And and you're right. I mean, you know, Alex went for a 311 against these guys um, against, you know, essentially a, a similar defense. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but now it's depleted. Um, I'm shocked to hear that Shazier is hurt. I've never heard that before. Yeah, for real. And <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was on and off the field throughout the game. I mean, that's kind of how some of these injuries were. It sounds like a guy like Robert Golden is going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, even still, like the, the personnel for Pittsburgh is just not that good. Like it, it, it's not a, it's not a defense that you're going to fear. Right. Um, and you know, I know we, we streamed Alex in week one and he did, he did great, right? He was, was top two or three yeah. that, that yeah. day. And um, uh, last week, he didn't have to do anything, basically, because the Chiefs were just shutting down the Jets. Right. And he still managed 238 yards and a touchdown. So it's right. not hateful. Yeah, I think that he has a decent floor for sure. Yeah. Um, and then before we move on to tight end, I know that we mentioned the Detroit the Detroit defense, but you know Brian Hoyer is still an intriguing option uh, because of what he's done in the past with garbage time. So if you're in a super super deep league, he's not a terrible look, and neither is Trevor Simeon, who's going to be playing against the Bucks, who looked just awful, just just horrendous oh. last week against Case oh. Keenum. So if you're in a really really deep league, uh, you can look those those guys ways as uh, those guys way as well. Uh, but Flacco and Alex Smith are the, are the two this week. This real quick about that Bucks game. This strikes me as a as a game in which Mike Evans will see twenty one targets and catch four passes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's very very true. Very very accurate. Um, all right, Denny. Let's move to tight end. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, tight end. I, I just wanted to quickly mention uh, Jacob Tammy. Uh, Jacob Tammy, who is more fantasy relevant right now than Rob Gronkowski, but getting past that, um, he's available in 29% of ESPN leagues. He might be dropped in your league after kind of having a disappointing outing on, on Monday night. Uh, he's the tight end eight. He has the eighth most targets through three weeks, uh, and he and he he has some high value targets. He has four red zone targets, which is uh, more than all but four tight ends. Uh, in the league. So I, uh, I, I'm into him. Uh, the matchup is okay uh, against Carolina. Tight ends have seen 22 targets against the Panthers so far this year through three games. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that is a way that teams uh, attack them. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to butcher this guy's name Do because it. I'm always getting it backwards. I'm going to say Hunter Henry. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. I just, I just cannot get it. I told JJ before the show, I keep saying, Henry Hunter and I'm and I'm like perfectly confident about it. Never trust a dude with two first names. Oh wait. Denny Carter. Oh wait a sec. Wait, are you Scott? Are you calling Carter a first name? Yeah, it's kind of a first name. I guess it can be. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but don't trust me. Uh but 
uh, hear me out on, on Hunter Henry. Um, he had five five targets, five catches, seventy six yards, and a crucial fumble last yeah, week. For real. Um, against uh, against the Colts. Uh, the Colts are not necessarily uh, a really good matchup for for tight ends either. Uh, and the Chargers get the Saints. So what what we have here is not a great matchup because teams are not really attacking New Orleans via the tight end because. It seems like they can attack them every other way. Yeah, though, yeah, the, the the whole defense is putrid. Yeah, it's just it's just really bad. But we have to remember that the first two games that the Saints played were against the Raiders and the Giants, who you know don't exactly pepper their tight ends with targets, right? Right. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're when you're thinking about Henry. Um, New Orleans has allowed twelve catches to tight ends through three games. Uh, which is which is not terrible, but it's just no touchdowns. So they're way down on the list as far as uh, points given up to the tight end position. Um, but you know, uh, Antonio Gates is not expected to play as of right now, according to at least one beat writer I saw on Twitter, uh, San Diego beat writer. So I I do I like Henry, and I'm I'm kind of excited about scooping him up in a couple leagues and and seeing what he can do in a game where the Chargers have the highest implied total of the week at 28.75 that's something yeah yeah i, I love hunter henry this week um <clears throat> two other guys that you guys can look at one of them is pretty obvious uh, it's kyle rudolph man uh, he's played 95 percent of the team snaps so far this year which, which is the sixth most in the nfl that's translated to having the second ranked fantasy ranking at the position uh and he's still out there in 60 percent of leagues on espn He's now seen 28.26% of his team's targets, which is the highest tight end market share in the entire NFL. And now he's facing a Giants team that's really susceptible to the tight end destroying them. Uh, You saw Jason Witten in week one get 14 targets. Jordan Reed saw seven. Kobe Fleener saw eight. He just didn't, he just, couldn't put the game together. Giants linebackers are a weakness. It's really the where where you attack the Giants. So I really liked uh, Kyle Rudolph this week for sure. Uh, and then the other one is Cameron Brait. So Brait uh, stepping in with with no Austin Safarian Jenkins there in, in uh, Tampa. He played 78% of the team snaps last week, which was uh, 18th most at the position in the entire NFL. Uh, the Bucks defense <clears throat> has been so bad, and what it's done is it's forced uh, uh, Jameis Winston to throw the ball a lot. In fact, uh, they have the fifth highest pass-to-run ratio in the entire league, and they have the number one total dropbacks in the entire league. So no team has dropped back to pass more than Tampa Bay so far this year, which is great for pass catchers in that offense, which is partially why Mike Evans has been dominating. It's kind of like what we saw with DeAndre Hopkins to start last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not only that, Cameron Braid ended up with 10 targets, five catches, 46 yards, and a pair of scores last week uh, against St. Louis. So I think he's in a, you know, another decent spot, obviously how you attack Denver. We talk about this is, is via the tight end and via that area of the field, uh, because their corners are so, are, are so strong. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if, if Bright gives you some sort of, you know, a decent performance. I don't think his ceiling is that high because Denver's defense is so good. Um, but you know, if you can't get a guy like Henry off the wire or Kyle Rudolph off the wire, I'm fine. If you, uh, end up slotting Cameron Brayton in your lineup, I think he should be involved in some way. Yeah, I just want to say that I prefer Rudy this week and going forward. It seems like he's yeah. going to be really involved, and Sam Bradford obviously has a thing for him. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised, to be honest, because Kyle Rudolph has not been a thing for so many years, and I was not buying into it, but I think you have to. I mean, the writing's on the wall that he he could be this all mm-hmm. year, you know, mm-hmm. a top 10 guy. So, mm-hmm. All right, Denny, uh, just to recap, we have Brait, uh, Rudolph, and your boy uh, Hunter Henry, <laughs> and then we. Sorry, I was I was reopening my document because I accidentally closed it. So I was trying to to remember you, what I was saying. You were vamping your boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your boy. <laughs> uh, then you got your boy Joe Flacco, uh, and then Alex Smith as well, and then the Detroit and Washington defenses. All right, Denny, let's get to the questions. We had a ton of questions, guys. Couldn't get to them all. I tried to, you know get the good ones. And a lot of them were, were duplicate. There was one common theme Denny, throughout the questions this week. And it was like, things like, what do I do with Drew Brees? Should I trade my quarterback? Like questions like that. And I just sit here and I'm just like, like we have work to do Denny. Like, like (laughs) people are still asking these questions. We have freaking work that we, that is to be done. Yes. The people need to know. Yes. 
Um, so the first one is at Zach underscore Dennis is trying to scoop up D'Angelo this week. A good move. Mm. No, no horrible move. Why? Why? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's going to see a massive workload. I, I talked in 15 transactions last week on, on Number Fire, the column I write every Tuesday, to sell D'Angelo Williams. And I didn't expect D'Angelo Williams to do nothing in week three. But, I mean, D'Angelo Williams is just a glorified handcuff now with Le'Veon Bell back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, at John underscore T4K, dot, dot, dot. So what do we do with Matt Ryan now? Upcoming schedule is poop. Oh, it's not that bad. I mean, the Panthers gets, are not like world beaters on defense. Right, right. And he's at home against Carolina. I mean, I, I'm still worried, though. He gets Seattle and Denver, too. Um, like, let's say this, Denny. Would you be playing Matt Ryan this week over Flacco and Alex Smith? Oh, man. Um, I think I would. Yes, I would. I think I might, too, the more I've thought about it. I mean, yeah, look, the... Uh, Gabbert scored 20 fantasy points against the... Yeah, the Panthers' secondary isn't good. Against the Panthers, yeah. I, I, I don't... I, I mean, Sam Bradford was shut down at Carolina, I guess, if you want. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, Gabbert was at Carolina, too. Yeah, so I just... I don't... So I, just to, I mean, just to show it, it can happen. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I think that he's I think that he's a safe play. Yeah, it's it's in Atlanta. Atlanta has a 23-and-a-half-point... Uh, team total. I I'm fine with him there. Yeah. Okay. Next one at a led 77. Is it time to stop popping Bortles every week and start living the stream at QB? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Look, th- like this is another thing too. We, we stress this every year. There are very few guys that you're week in week out playing. Like Rogers is probably one. Cam is one. Who else is there? Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, like Russell is not there right now. I, I yeah. How can you start Russell Wilson with any confidence? Right. I mean, like that's that's really it for me. Like every other guy, you you can replace and feel fine about replacing. Yeah. I mean, by the way, the Russell Wilson news where where Pete Carroll's like he stayed up all night to rehab, and Russell Wilson's like no time to sleep. This and that. It's driving me nuts. This yeah, guy, we're, we we ranted about that. This guy's this guy's just nuts. Yeah. You look. Anyone who brags about not getting sleep is not a friend. No, no, there. It's not healthy. It's it's the opposite of healthy. Also, your body needs some sleep if it wants to heal. Russell, I know you're listening. Yeah, you need that sleep. Uh, next one at uh, MMC Adams four Matt McAdams uh, is blunt to sell high candidate. What percent of fob would you offer for Emmanuel Sanders because he was cut last week? Who who was Emmanuel Sanders oh. in his league? Oof. Uh, first off, Legarrette Blunt wrote about him in the 15 transactions, so I'll, I have this off the top of my head. The The Patriots right now have a .86 drop back to run ratio, which is the lowest in the entire NFL, mm-hmm. meaning they're the most run-heavy team in the league. Legarrette Blunt's pacing for 400 carries, and he hasn't seen a single target. Um, when Tom Brady's back, they're not going to be this run-heavy. Uh, Legarrette Blunt is a great, great sell right now if you can get him for something significant. Sure. yeah. Um, and then the Emmanuel Sanders thing, I mean, you could probably spend 40% fob. Yep. I think so, right? Yeah. I, he's um, probably even I, more. I mean, I don't know if it, it just seems a little fluky to me that he got so many looks and so many like deep shots. Sure. Is that, is that going to be their offense? Yeah, I, I don't But But that. who else, who else are you going to blow your fob on? You know, like, is there ever going to be a guy? <laughs> 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 blowing your fob oh man i'm sorry kids <laughs> um so like who else are you gonna blow your fob on? <laughs> uh, yeah i guess you gotta do it with manny sanders then. <laughs> you gotta, gotta blow it on him with manuel sanders God, can we move on yes next one at r formate he said would you rather be a vegan and tell everyone you're gluten free, or be gluten free and tell everyone you're vegan? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know, but I, so wait, you can be a vegan and and not be gluten free. I have no, I don't know the rules of being a vegan. Oh, uh, dude, I don't. Gluten gluten's not an actual thing. So. <laughs> God, here we go. Big gluten out here. Big gluten. You gotta watch out. <laughs> God. Uh, this, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, uh, just kind of off my game right now after saying blowing your fob. I, I like, I'm, I'm shook up. 
I, I'm okay if we take a five minute break. <laughs> and, and, and also, we are not creating that t shirt. So yes. don't ask. No, yeah, dude, that's actually one that people would love. They would. We oh still my. need to put the list together so I can make those. Do we have frat bros who are listening to us? I mean, look, it's people, people would appreciate it. Yeah. You guys can let us know. Add us. By the way, we never promote our Twitter handle on here. It's at LiveTheStreamFF. That's how people are asking these questions. Yeah. Why, why are you not? No one's following that. Come, Please follow the account. Right. Right. Follow it, guys. Uh, the ne- like, like our listener, because we have the listener numbers, our listener to followers on the account doesn't make any sense. All right. Next one is at Breve Bronovan, which is a great, great handle. <laughs> Yeah. He said, keep running with everyone's favorite dad, Jason Witten, or stick him in a retirement home and live the stream. You can live the stream with Jason Witten. Like, get rid of Jason Witten and live the stream. Yeah. He almost scored a touchdown, though. Well, what did he do last week? I don't even know. He had, like, two catches. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> like, he, he's had a fine start of the season. He's been fine. He's been fine. But I would, pl- I would rather have Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm saying. Uh, next one, two QB. This is at Dwyer Snow. Listen to this. This is this is crazy. A two QB league. Fitzmagic gave me minus two point three points, and he lost by two point one. Oh. On a scale from lava to Denny food take, how hot should my shower cry be? Uh, you, I, I think you just gotta. You, you know what you have to do? You have to jump into that vat of green stuff that the Joker fell into in Bat- <laughs> Batman One. Just jump in that. Oh God. Next one, at I need FF help. I need a wide receiver after losing Allen and Watkins. Should I trade Breeze and Stream? If so, who to target PPR? Yes, trade your quarterback. Why do you own Drew Breeze? Yes, trade him. Oh man, you're 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 raising your voice at the at the. I know, and I I, and I I bit my tongue when I was. No way! I think, I'm, I think I'm bleeding right now. Dude, that that makes me like I get so mad when I bite my tongue. I I say I mean I basically like speak in tongues when I bite my be, tongue. I'm gonna be speaking in a lift for the rest of the the uh, the show. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get rid of Drew Brees, man. Uh, trade him. And and look, everyone always asks me, who should I target for Drew Brees, or who should I target? I, there, there are guys you can buy low on, and you can read 15 transactions if you want to see some of those guys, whether it be Jarek McKinnon or I like Dwayne Washington. There's, there's, there's guys you can buy, right? But the way you win trades is you place that player that you're trading on the other team, and you get the players that they would be hypothetically giving away and show the person that their team is better with the trade because both sides should be better when the trade is over. It's just like any other sale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that's why... I get kind of I, I get tilted a little bit when people say, Who should I trade for if I want to get rid of this guy? I don't think fantasy football works that way because your consideration set should be massive. It exactly. shouldn't just be like three guys, because then that limits how many guys how many teams you can trade with. Yeah, yeah. And another thing about trades just generally you it, you're overselling or trying too hard if you try to convince the person that they are going to run away with this trade. You know, you're, no one believes that. No one believes that that is that your intention. You're trying to improve another team while, while, you know, making your team worse. No, I mean, you have to say this, this will be mutually beneficial and right. this will be good for you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this next one, is, and, and look, and it's not like you're lying, right? Like, it's not like, like trade should help both teams. Should be mutually beneficial. I mean, but if you can fleece somebody, you should do it. Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, next one at Reezy Club. He said, "Eli or live the stream this week." I'm not playing Eli against Minnesota. Not a chance. I don't think I can do that. No. Minnesota's defense is like legitimate. I went on. I went on the couch today with Sigmund Bloom, and we talked about it. Minnesota's defense might be kind of the way we look at Denver. I'm 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 terrified of them. Yeah. Uh, next one, and this is actually pretty funny that this comes next. At Double A Cantu, time to look at the Vikings as a possible weekly starter. For sure. Yeah. I agree. I think you can put some fob on them this week. Yeah. Um, blow some fob. Oh, my God. <laughs> the next one is at the FF Whisperer. If you own Kristen Michael and Jordan Howard, would, would this be a sign of greatness or am I fooling myself and should sell now? I, I, actually, I actually really like Kristen Michael's situation moving forward. Because he's been so efficient. And I don't think – this is my take. I don't think 
people's perception of what he is has matched his actual performance. I I think that makes sense. And I also, I would say, what do you have to lose? I mean, Thomas Rawls now has what something like a small crack in his fibia. Okay. Right. Like, it, like his whole body just he, dies. He, so, you know, Thomas Rawls Twitter saying he's going to be back next week or in two weeks. <laughs> Thomas Rawls Twitter. It's like half of fantasy Twitter. Is <laughs> is, Thomas Rawls you're, you're, Twitter. You're so, you're so right. There is there is absolutely a Thomas Rawls Twitter. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, I mean, there there's a Richard Rogers Twitter which blows my mind, and then, <laughs> there's Thomas Rawls. But <laughs> so you know now Rawls has this injury. They're trying to downplay. I'm hearing you know I've heard three weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Kristen Michael, you got him for free, okay? What what are we afraid of? Let's just roll with him. He's shaping up to be a, a league winning type guy. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think people uh, perceive him that way at all. So I don't think trading him makes any sense because you're not going to get enough for him. Yeah. Uh, next one is at Knuckle Pop. He says, "Who is worse on the ears, Phil Sims or Joseph Gordon Levitt's voice in the upcoming Snowden film?" Oh yeah, what's up with his voice <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> He's trying to sound like Snowden, bro. Does Snowden sound like that? Then he then Snowden should just tweet. <laughs> if that's the case, because that's terrible. I can't believe that Joseph Gordon Levitt had to stoop to that level. I mean, I love that guy, first of all. I want to be his friend. Who, Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah, I want Oh yeah, he's amazing. I want him to replace you on this podcast. Is he I, is he the most other than Tom Everett Scott, is he the most underrated, underappreciated actor out there? I I think so, but you know he does his own thing. Yeah, right. He's very. I mean, he's very individual. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he. What was that TV thing that he was doing? Like, the, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I forget. I, I. He was in a. He was in a movie. Uh, uh, I think it was an independent movie. He may have written it or something. Uh, with, um, oh man, I can't believe I'm going to forget her name. Well, this last minute of the podcast has been worthless. Yeah, it's a. This is horrible. I, I, I might tweet about it. It, it was a really. He played this. He played this like bro douchebag, and he he was fantastic. Oh wait, was it the porn one? Yeah, it's the porn one. Oh okay, yeah. was that good? It was really good. It was I and I I watched it like with no, I I, I watched it. I hate watched it, and I still liked it. Wow, wow, yeah, <laughs> dude, he's been great. I mean, he was in obviously he was in Batman, and like he he was in Inception. He was great in Inception, and like he uh, but remember like Fifty Fifty? Remember that movie? Yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah, but he, but the, the the voice thing is really distracting. Every time I see that trailer, it's distracting. I'm not going to see that movie because I think that latter day Oliver Stone is terrible. Uh oh. So, all right, next one at W. Carl Russell is Terrell Pryor worth a number one waiver claim? Uh, I'm gonna. I the, the the way that I see Pryor is that he's. I think that he'll be fine with Corey Coleman out. But when Corey Coleman's back, it's it's not going to be because Josh Gordon will be back then too. Yeah, I just it's so hard, right? It's so hard to project prior f- going forward. Yeah, totally, going totally. Three, three or four or five or six weeks. I, I mean, how do you, you know, this week? Yes, I think that he'll get massive usage again. He could touch the ball ten or twelve or fifteen times, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. In in some way. And and so yes, I love him this week. But you know, Gordon and Coleman come back, and Josh McCown comes back, and you know he's not he's not getting that kind of volume. Right. That's why I I wouldn't go nuts blowing my fob. On, uh, I mean, on I've Pryor. I've I've, uh, I've you know blown my fob with Terrell Pryor many times. So. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I think he's more, you have to look at him as more of a three week thing rather, you know, like a Dwayne Washington could be like a legit league winner potentially like, like there's that, that potential not saying that he is, I do love Dwayne Washington though, but not saying, not saying that he is, but I, yeah, I like Dwayne Washington, but I feel like the Dwayne Washington hype train is going hyper speed right now. And it is actually like killing people on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's expected to, you know. What like get twenty carries going forward? <laughs> According to some people on Twitter, it's like thirty nine. But yeah. but but it, it's you know th- there's certainly reasons to be optimistic though about him. <sighs> Theo Riddick is a wide receiver playing running back. I know, I know. Theo Riddick is not good, but I did just, you watch? I, by the way, did you watch Theo Riddick in the first quarter, first two quarters of the the game this past weekend? He I, he was being bounced backwards, like he was like one of those like. 
you know, the stupid balls that are always in grocery stores and, and at Target and those yeah. stupid bins. It was like it was like watching it was like watching like you throw one of those balls into the back into the pit because everyone plays with them, right? Everyone plays with them but never buys them. Right. Those balls. That that's that's what the Euridic is. Yeah. They they, they want to they want him to be something and they're like they're like taking him out and then they just throw him back into the into the ball pit and he just goes like flying in there. Yeah. And that's I mean, what he looked like against the Green Bay Packers defense. Yeah, they pull him aside like, Theo, can you possibly not bounce back <laughs> right. off of the line? Can you possibly go forward? Is that a thing that you can do? God, it was it's just it was so ridiculous. I don't know what they were thinking. They started using Dwayne Washington more and it they just looked better. Yeah. Uh next one at Phil underscore underscore Colbertson. He says, Should I be worried if Denny's hot takes are just regular takes to me and I agree with most of them? I think people are pretty disturbed when I have a, a, a pretty hot take and they're like, Oh, oh, actually I agree with that. But here's the thing, maybe it wasn't hot in the first place and maybe I'm just correct. I mean, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of like just three years ahead of everything. (laughs) That's the goal. Like, like, like basically like whatever you tweet, it becomes really, really relevant in three years. And, and I'm not Kanye West, dude. I'm not, I know. I know. And you know what the, the worst part is like Kanye, the worst part about Kanye is that he knows he's a genius and I just, I, I have the same issue. (laughs) I can't help it. Uh, next one is at a game of throws. He says, if, if you could pick who would you rather live up to their potential, Tim Riggins or Jared cook? <laughs> that was a good tweet. I would, it's gotta be Tim Riggins to me, man. Yes. I, I would like, I would have loved to see Tim Riggins make it all the way to the NFL and be Mike Allstott. I actually, I, I heard though, there's that, there's a, there's a Reddit post that, uh, that Mike, all it was actually the whole show was about Mike Allstott. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt it. By the way, if they ever come out with a Friday Night Lights movie or something, I'm gonna freak they, out. Well, they had the the they had the original one. That's what the show was based. Oh, on. Oh no, I mean like like uh, like with Sarah. Like they need what they need to do is like like show Riggins with a family, and he's now coaching, and he's the new coach Taylor. Oh yeah. Oh man. They could just do it a whole new show. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, of course. It's such a great show. Uh, next one at Dad Runner. He says. What running backs are you targeting in a trade trying to unload Blunt? Is Big Pumpkin Spice worse than Big Christmas? Yes, Big Christmas is great. Denny, you know I love Christmas. Uh, I know you do, but also Big Christmas ruins Christmas. Denny, there's nothing wrong with anything Christmas related. Well, no, no, there is something wrong with people decorating for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. That's there's something I agree. wrong with December, that. December is the, is the start point, but yeah, look, you start listening to Christmas music after Thanksgiving. No, no, you don't. You, yes. you need no. December first is fine, but before that, it's an abomination. It's like a <laughs> we're talking about like four days. Four days is four days. Okay, I I actually think that you. I think that you would enjoy Christmas music and everything involved with Christmas if you started engaging in it in like December 10th. What that no, that's not happening. I bet you would enjoy it more. By the way, guys, when Christmas time comes, I will share my Spotify playlist, which is the Goat Christmas oh, yeah. playlist. Which reminds me, I'm I don't, I'm not trying to one up you or anything, but I <laughs> but I'm going to go. <laughs> but I have a great Spotify. Playlist. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh uh, I would like to share my Halloween party playlist this year officially on the Twitter. Nice. That'll be good. Yeah. Way to take my idea. <laughs> I, I thought of it the other day. <laughs> Next one. Oh, wait. We didn't even answer the question. What running backs are you targeting in a trade? I like Jarek McKinnon a lot, targeting him. Uh, Dwayne Washington. I had a couple in, in 15 transactions you can check out. I mean, do you do you feel like someone would give up the one of the Atlanta running backs for nothing at this point because everybody's like screaming sell, 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 right? Yeah, I mean, like the I I would rather have Devonte rather than Tevin. Right. I mean, look at one of them is one injury away from being pretty elite. Yeah. Right. Dang. And so if I think if someone is desperate to sell, I don't mind looking into buying. Yeah. Yeah. Next one uh, at. K of the world is Cobb a hold or a sell? Mm. That's the hardest. I think that this is the hardest question in fantasy football right now. I, the thing is, I would say, you know, uh, traditionally you would say you can't sell a guy low, but maybe where he is right now is not low. If, right. if you think about it that way, like maybe it's Golden Tate, right? Like maybe right. it's maybe it's a situation like that. To me, though, to me, 
You know, if you can sell on his name, that's fine. Like, I'm valuing him still as, like, a low-end two, high-end three. I still think he can be that. But that's not good. I mean, you drafted him as a high-end two. You're right. You're totally right. I mean, I'm not. you cannot value him the way that you drafted him. There's no way. But there are some people... Out of nowhere, I just decided to feel this out. Just be, you know, I, I sent a text to a buddy, and I, I in my home league, I need an RB too. I'm just destroyed there. And I sent him, I sent him a text. I said, "Hey, I'll give you Randall Cobb for Dwayne Washington," and he said, "No." Mm. That 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 to me showed me where people's perception is, is that they're not just looking at the name Randall Cobb; they're looking at his production. It, it, so you, I, I don't know if you can sell him. Look, Green Bay scored 34 points last week, if I recall, and he had one catch for 33 yards. Yeah, yeah, I know. He had he had like a 12.5% market share because Rodgers only threw it 24 times, to be fair. So I, I, I do think like Green Bay's defense is good, and that's a little scary as to like how that could translate to lack of volume in the passing game. I, you know, I just have a hard time thinking he's going to be like this irrelevant. I do too, but it's it, he hasn't been good. He, he I think uh, Rich Rebar tweeted something like he's been a top ten wide receiver once over the past calendar year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my I think everyone was like, oh, he doesn't have Jordy. Like, you can't go through a slot receiver, and that's kind of why that. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Next one at J at Jord J underscore Vikes. He says, "Is floss still an appropriate method to get food out of your teeth after eating, or should we stick strictly to toothpicks?" <laughs> I look. I'm I'm anti toothpick. I don't. I'm 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 constantly poking my gums and it hurts like hell. So no, throw your toothpicks away. I will allow the use of floss to get something out of your teeth, but don't yeah. overuse floss because you know we don't want to buy into the lie of big floss. Yeah. Uh, this next one is at Spenny K10. What what to do at this point with Tannehill? Drop and stream. He is not good. IMO. Yeah, Tannehill. Look, when you stream, you're playing him for a week. You're not playing Tannehill against Cincinnati. I think I think people might have some trouble sometimes if they have success. Right. That is in, the that is the issue. In a week, like after Alex went ham in week one, even I, you know, who I know this, I know how this goes. You know, even I was like, uh, maybe I want to keep him around. But then I was like, no, 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 no. He has a terrible matchup. I know what happens now. I'm getting rid of him. Yeah. Uh, the next one is at Kyle Scadilla or Scadilla. He says, uh, can either of you guys recall who the Lions' number one uh, receiver was before this season? Hashtag Marvin the Goat. It, it is not shocking to me, I have to say, that now that the Lions' offense is not obsessed with force feeding a guy well past his prime uh that it's better mm-hmm. so yeah no it's true it's true i'm just so glad marvin jones is a thing man he's not he's not just a thing he's i mean the fact that we came into the season and there was still there were questions who will be the number one right i mean right not on this podcast no no on this podcast it was decided it was decided uh, next one at Yo Bags, he says, "Who should I, who should I be writing a furious email to about Latavius Murray's touches? The bowl cut having Raiders owner? Yeah, Latavius Murray, man, he's a sell for sure right now. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of him asap right now. Yeah, my, my bold prediction, my hot take about him being a top five or whatever is, that's, that's not. Ha- I'm sorry, guys, that's not. It's not even close to happening. They're not even using him. Like." He's just sitting. He's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had 10, 10 carries to Richard had six and, and DeAndre Washington had six last week. Like his usage is just not there. And he's been lucky to buoy his fantasy production with those touchdowns. So you might be able to trade him because of that. Yeah. Uh, this next one at Topher thinks he says, this is probably slanted more to DFS, but still curious. Think it's possible to oversaturate yourself with info and too much studying. Yeah, uh, if I could real quick uh, just uh, shamelessly promote the book I wrote a a couple years ago called How to Think Like a Daily Fantasy Football Winner. Uh, I have a whole chapter in there uh, drawing from uh, social science research over the years, over the past 30 or 40 years, showing the effects of too much information. I I think the chapter is called The Scourge of Too Much Information. It really does. It really, you hit a point where it's suboptimal. Uh, uh, to consume information a certain amount. 
Yeah, it's like the uh, the paradox of choice, right? Where yeah. where if you have way too many choices, like if you go to uh, where, where you know retailers go through this, if there's way too much cu- customization, people are turned off by it. You need you can't have too many SKUs because it's not a good thing to be overwhelmed with all those choices. That's that's right. And and just real quick, one I remember was from uh, twenty years ago or so, where they uh, gave people more information about a horse race, right? Uh, you know, the, the temperature, the condition of the track, the history of the horses, uh, and everything else and the odds and, and the more information they fed them, the less accurate the people were in, um, in predicting the outcome of the race. Yeah. You can definitely oversaturate yourself. You just have to find the right information. That's the key is just, is, is pinpointing your process and having a good process and not letting that process be swayed by what you're reading and, and, and such. Um, next one at Blake Griner, what kind of feeling do you get when you think about Alshon Jeffrey? I thought it was a good question. I, I think that he could be kind of a garbage time hero. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, look, I, I threw out a Latavius Murray type trade to the Alshon owner today, actually. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think that he's an interesting buy, you know, he's healthy right now. Kevin White has seen a higher market share in that offense, which is the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre stats I think you can find throughout the first three weeks of the season. You know, uh, I saw someone on Twitter point out that Hoyer could not throw to his left uh, oh. against the Cowboys, and that's where. Oh yeah, I, wasn't it? Wasn't it Reeves? Didn't Reeves make a Zoolander reference with it? Oh, was it? Was it Reeves? God, I'm so sorry, Rich. I I, I blanked who who tweeted that, but you're right. He yeah. was. Gunning it to the right with White the entire uh, game. Yeah. Uh, this is the last one that we're going to be able to get to, and I thought that this is appropriate to end on. Uh, it's from at DCuff420. It says, it's a, it's a meme. It says, Halloween hack number 405. And it's a picture of a guy next to a trash can pouring candy corn into a trash can. Because it says, serve candy corn directly in the trash since that is where it will end up anyways. That is mean-spirited and incorrect. I think it's pretty true. All right, Denny, that does it for the week four episode. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? At CD Carter 13 on the Twitter. Sweet. Uh, I'm JJ Zacharyson. and you can find me on Twitter at late round QB Tuesday through Friday. I'm doing a Facebook live at 3 PM. Hope you tune in Denny. You should. I, I always do. I, I look at, I actually have you on mute. I'm just looking at your gray hair. It's getting better, right? I think it is. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, and you can go over to numberfire.com and see all the content we have going on there. Uh, and also follow the living the stream account on Twitter at live the stream FF. Do it. Do it. All right, Danny, you want to get some milkshakes? Yes, please. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com.